the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Are you looking to sell your app? Blue Throne has bought apps from over 100 developers from all over the world. These developers had a great exit, left financial stress, and moved on to their next big project. Get a free valuation of your app by going to bluethrone.io. That, once again, is bluethrone.io. Scaling your Apple search ads campaigns can be challenging if you don't have the right toolkit. Trust me, I felt the pain. From market insights to automation tools, searchads.com provides everything you need in a single intuitive dashboard so you can easily adapt, optimize, and grow your mobile business in the App Store. Learn more by going to searchads.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com. I've got my Niners gear on because I'm super excited for the Niners. Hi, are you on the stream right now? Okay, thank you for taking that. You've screwed me up, guy. All right, let's start this over. Welcome to our weekly Friday YouTube streams, 9 a.m. Pacific, where we bring on a guest and we also take a look at your apps and we've got some great case studies from people. So if you've been able to accomplish some things or grow your apps because of the channel, please reach out to me and we'd love to have you on a future live stream. Nothing hypes me up more than doing that. And today we're gonna talk all about a very important, a commonly overlooked thing, product market fit. I think the biggest fail or mistake that most developers make is they think more features equals more users. But are you building the right features that your customers want? And are you asking the right questions to get what you need from customers? Because not all questions will lead to the right answers. Joining me is an indie app developer, it's a very successful one, who then you built out a tool that allows you to do in-app surveys and used it within his own apps, saw that he was seeing the benefits and increase in conversions and downloads and decided to build this where everybody can now have access to it. So with Joining today is Kai Fang. He is an indie app developer, and we're going to stay away from the type of apps he does, but he also is the founder of OneFlow. Go check it out, oneflow.app, and I'll bring that up as well. There we are. Kai, welcome to the show, man. You're on mute still. Okay, there. Try again. Kai, are you there? All right. Hi, can you hear me? There you are. First, you screw up on your intro, my intro, and then now you screw up yours. How you doing, man? <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. So here's the here's one flow, and welcome to the show, man. I wanna before we get started, I do want to say hi to a few people because I, I noticed that if we say hi to a few pe people, everybody starts saying hello in the comments. So I love it. All right, what's yeah, up, sure. Joe? We got Pirate Girl. One, two, three. Hello, Andres. How's it going? Adrian, Noah. What's going His name is Noah as well. Yash is here. Andres is ready. He said, let's go. And then AMF, Miguel, at Masters Friday. I like it. AMF. And then we got Salanto apps as well. All right, Kai. So let's kick it off, man. I mean, I love this. You, We put together this presentation. You've used OneFlow. So you want to tell us a little bit about OneFlow? 
a little that I, I yeah like sure I, I did a pretty good so, job. So uh, OneFlow is a tool that I'm working on, and uh, what it does is basically it allows you to trigger in-app service dynamically every anywhere in your app. And so basically, hmm. uh, this is a, actually a growth tool used by a lot of the tech giants today. You see uh, like Facebook doing it, Instagram doing it. You also see Google, they have their own internal tool for, for this. So if you can see on the website, on the lower right-hand side corner, you can see there's a yeah. small pop-up. What the pop-up does is like, it's actually not hard-coded into your app, it's dynamic. So it can be triggered with any action that you take in the app. So what it allows you to do is get qualitative data from your users at scale. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to do app updates. The SDK takes care of everything. You just see the insights. That's awesome. And it looks like you can use it on the web too, huh? So I can use it on my appmasters.com yeah. if I don't want to use it on the, the app. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of lag, but we'll make up for it. Okay, so let's get into this presentation. Thank you for putting this together. Let me see if I can go full screen. Whoops, wrong button. All right, slideshow. There you go, man. I'll, I'll let you lead and tell me when to go, and then I'll, I'll go too. Okay, sure. Yeah, so um, as I said before, so basically um, this is actually a secret practice used by a lot of um uh, tech giants secretly, and they've all built their own internal tool for this. So I'm starting to see that this is a trend uh, in the tech world that people, you know, like people are seeing user behaviors, but they don't really understand it. So like the product teams, even like, you know, the best product teams in the world, they struggle with qualitative feedback. And because like, especially in the B2C world, we all do mobile apps, right? So your user come from everywhere in the world from every single corner you can imagine but they don't necessarily want to directly interact with you and you may not even have their email address so how can you ask them questions how can you talk to your users well this is um the modern answer which is uh doing this at scale with technology so you can also see like camp scanner does this as well so if you open their app uh you you'd be greeted with a in-app survey uh, just just look for it so yeah, let's yeah, go to I the next pull it up while we go through this presentation too. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, Bye. let's let's go. Let me go to the next slide. I'll pull up the yeah. camp slider or camp scanner, and then talk about that. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So um, you can see that this is like Instagram. So the other day I was like browsing Instagram and I opened an app. Uh, basically, the it's an ad for a mobile app. So I, I closed it, and suddenly I saw this survey pop up saying, oh, was it worth your time? And then follow up to talk about a few questions. That, mm, that's interesting. Uh, actually, my tool does the same thing because OneFlow can allow you to do the same thing. I try to make recreate the experience in OneFlow. So on the left is Instagram, and on the right is the Instagram uh, demo triggered using OneFlow. So basically what we do is we allow you to also do this in your own app and you can do that without, without you know, like coding and you can just do that from your, your browser. So that's just an example how, for how you can arm yourself as like an indie developer or as a small business with the smart data tools and best practices used by tech giants. Oh, I like what you did here. Let's this is the, the Instagram one. This is the one flow. So it looks pretty much similar. Love it. Okay. Yeah, so 
this is um, the other day, it was like a couple of months ago, I did a Google search, a random one. And then I saw this, um, this pop-up by Google say, hmm, that's interesting. So apparently Google has their internal tool for this too. But today we'll focus on the mobile <laughs> app part. That's funny. Let's go. So yeah, so I would like to share some stories for how uh, we are using this in, uh, in, in my own apps. So as, as Steve introduced before, um, for the past three to four years, I've been running a mobile app studio company that self-funded and grew to around seven figure in annual revenue. And so we did a lot of the testing initially with our own apps. So story number one, why don't you pay us dollars? Right. So uh, this is like for subscription apps. Like basically we have a paywall and we look at the, our data and say, hmm, there are a lot more people who could pay us. Are we doing the pricing wrong or is it because the app was not useful? Right. Let's find out. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah. So basically we ask a simple question. So we placed a dynamic survey. Uh, when user rejects our app offer in the app. So we ask them a series of questions. Steve, um, is it possible to play the video? I'm gonna show, show, show it, you guys. It's, oh, okay. Is that why it's just going? Um, I think there's a link to, to there, but I, I, I can also just walk. Uh, the right-hand side, play. the link, maybe you can try that. The right-hand side? Oh, right here? Got it. My bad. Race at all. Let's see if the video. Yeah. So basically, asking users, is this useful to you, or is this too expensive? I'm curious to, you know, obviously you're going to get into it a little bit. So maybe I'll hold off on your question after we get through the end. Sure. You know, Kai, it feels like these intercom things too, right? Where it's very much, we're trying to get as much feedback from our users as much as possible. I know intercom, you're trying to like talk to them too, but like, you know, they're trying to give me some messaging here too. Yeah. Intercom is a great uh, product-like growth tool, if anyone is familiar with product-like growth. But uh, basically, the thing is, you have to talk with every single user. And um, if you have a million users, apparently, you can't talk to every <laughs> single one of them. Oh, that's funny. All right, I'm going to bring up. Yeah, so let's go to the next page. I want to show you guys the results. Yeah, so this is the result in the OneFlow dashboard that I'm able to see the data people as people put in in real time. So this took um, several hours to get this data. So first mm. question we asked, why, what's the main reason you haven't subscribed to the premium plan? Um, and basically most of the people say it's too expensive. Only a quarter said it's not useful to me, right? That's interesting. So the follow-up question we asked was like, what pricing will you pay for? But we're, because at the time we were thinking about, okay, maybe let's cut our prices. Right? If, we, if we're too expensive, then maybe people won't buy us. But if we cut it cheaper, then maybe a lot more people will buy us. Right? So 
the, the result is surprising because uh, even if we drop it to two ninety nine per month, only ten percent of those who said it's it's too expensive will buy us. So the majority will say, I will not pay. So what this taught me was that um, it's not really a pricing problem, is that some of the target audience are just not gonna, they're just never gonna convert. So we shouldn't even focus our energy on these people. And instead we should focus on how can we get people who would pay us to actually convert. So this actually saved us a ton of money by <laughs> not letting us change our pricing. Uh, we would have lots of lots of revenue if we just fly in there blind. blind. Interesting. So, were you driving traffic a certain way when you were doing this survey? Were you like, "Hey, I'm driving traffic from some source, maybe like Snapchat." I'm just throwing out some things, and then you're like, "Oh, I can't do that because all these users, all these Snapchat users, are not willing to pay." Yeah. So uh, that that's also something we uh, we did. So basically, uh, our marketing channel at the time was like from many different social channels. It was from uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, uh, and also like from app store searches as well. What we discovered was that um, like basically we did another enough survey where people sign up. We ask, okay, where did you come from? Where did you hear about us? And people, uh, there are people who say, I come from app store search or, uh, or Instagram, but like the, the result from that study, which I didn't show here was also interesting because we spent, we were spending $500 per, uh, per day on each of these channels, but um, there's just very few people coming from TikTok. So that was also quite surprising. Basically, uh, it allowed us to see the instant ROI of like the, the mm. poor ROI of some channels and the better of a ROI of other channels. The best part is you can actually cross check that data of people who came from a certain channel with the data you receive uh, when you ask them subsequent questions. So that really allows you to see mm. which channel performs the best. Yeah, I like that. And I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that too, where you can use one flow for attribution. Like if you're, if you want to be cheap on the attribution, I'm not saying cheap, but like budget friendly, because you know, it does, it is costly. You know, Kai found a hack that, Hey, by using one flow that you can start figuring out the, the attribution side of things too. So you found that, Hey, I asked them where they came from. And then the people that came from this thing were unlikely to pay, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or wherever. You know, funny thing last week, you know, that's why you got to tune in every week or at least listen to the podcast when it goes on to the podcast. But Mike from Oomph, he was saying like he he did some analysis, too, where he's running Facebook ads. Right. And then Facebook and Instagram. He found that nobody was converting on Facebook. So now he just runs the ads on Instagram and not Facebook, too. So really valuable information there. Because, Kai, you know, one thing I wanted to mention with you when you ask this pricing, most people are going to be like, hey, Kai, do you want to pay to be on this live stream? Most people are going to be like, no, it's too expensive. I don't want to pay. Right. Like, so, like, and no, look, Kai didn't pay us to get on here. But, like, I would think that when you ask somebody if you want to pay, most people would say, I don't want to pay. So that's why I was like, is this even a good question? Are you still there? Yeah. So um, I think there are like a lot of different ways you can get your insights. Um, yeah. So the, the the key is you don't really want to ask people directly what their solution is. Like for example, in this uh, in this type of questions, what you really want to do is lead use that leading question into like to understand why, right? You want to understand who they are and how they're making their decisions. 
So maybe like I, I think this is the initial uh, try that we did. If I were if I were to do this again, I probably wouldn't uh, go directly into the pricing. I would ask them like, how would you make your decision? Right. So asking is definitely mm. an art. Yeah, I like it. Okay, here is Cam Scanner as well. This is on second open, Kai, because I couldn't find it during first open. But Cam Scanner, my second open, they're asking. Oh, I don't know why they don't ask either. But you can probably start to see if I pick work. Let's go through this. Right, features for you. They're telling me the different features. I'm gonna try to tap on this. Oh, then they they, they allow me to go into it. Okay. And I could do a demo, but they, they have this. Let's see, it goes back. Oh, that's it. That's all they were showing me. I don't know if they asked more things that you wanted to highlight, yeah, but dynamic, that was the main cool. thing. It's like, it's pretty tricky. Like you might not find yeah. it on every, every try, but sometimes, you know, when you did it for the third time and then after you're close, it just shows up. It's all programmatic. So uh, that's why you can't always trigger it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back into the presentation. Yeah, so the second story what I want to share with us? you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you love about us? Uh, so this actually, we, we just wanted to see, you know, what people are using us for and why they, they might love us to give more people reason to try us. So we did this with another app. Um, let's go to the next slide. Yeah, so basically, uh, this is like the, the two questions we asked. Welcome, what are you using this uh, viewing app for today? Um, and we gave three options that we think most people should fall into this bucket. But like, it was so surprising because um, like a lot of people chose other category, which is like interesting why, right? But then the follow-up yeah. question really uh, gave us the answer, right? What's one thing you love about us? And, and people just started talking all kinds of stuff they do with our app. And at the same time, telling us like why they think this is the best app in the world, right? We, we need that. We want people to know. But um, it's even better in people's own language. And so I so I, I took a look at the results were like like hundreds and hundreds of responses of really good, just really good, real people describing their everyday life using our app, how we add value to their life. Uh, and you can see in the next page. Yeah, so this was the best part. Um, like, look at that. So what's one thing you love about this app? It's like, I can't describe it in words, but it is amazing. I could go to different places, going there. It works completely fine. It works against my school Wi-Fi. It allows me to go to other countries. And there was like even one guy who told me like he was in a foreign country. He wanted to call his mom, but he couldn't due to like some restrictions and with his signal and he succeeded with us. And he was literally putting a very heartfelt response to that. Um, and I was touched when I look at it. So uh, imagine you could use testimonial, any user testimonials uh, that you can put on your website or in, in your app to get more people to convert. Like the best way, yeah. there's no better way than letting like the users do the, do the selling for you and like letting other people tell like users who are just like them, like why it's a, it's a good choice for you. Um, yeah. So this is really a, a pleasant surprise and we've learned a lot from this as well. Hey, I want to do something. I want to feel good too. Kai, I saw you reading this and I could see the energy pick up while you're reading this. Why do you guys in the comments love, and I love with the, the acronym that, that Rassi came up with. He says, hey, it's actually fam because it's like family, 
Fridays with App Masters. So why do you guys like tuning in to App Masters, the YouTube channel? Tweet at me, leave a comment at Steve P. Young. I love to feel good. Because what I would do if I saw this guy, I'd be like, hey, I show my wife. I'm always trying to impress my wife, right? I go to her and like, look at all these comments, man. People love us. So hey, help me impress my wife and tweet at me or just leave a comment why you guys love App Masters. All right. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> go ahead, guy. Go lead on. Move on. <laughs> I love Admasters too. I think so many great content. <laughs> that's how Steve and I uh, just came to talk. But yeah, let's, uh, let's continue. Next slide, please. I got weirded out just talking yeah. about myself too much. I was like, the... making myself feel funny. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, the next story is um, what motivates you to sign up? I, in my opinion, this is a great question to ask, and I yes. recommend like no matter what tool you use, definitely, or if you're talking to your users, definitely ask this question because it tells it tells you why people are coming to you, what problem they're looking to get solved, and so that should inform not only your product decisions on what you build, how you solve people's problem, but also your marketing decision in terms of like you know. Where do you find your target audience? Who are your target audience? Like, what problem do they face? How should you communicate that with them? So uh, in our study, in this example, we asked this question. Uh, let's go and see the next slide. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'm showing you screenshots of before and after, and this actually works very well for us. So basically what we ask is like, okay, what do you, what motivates you to sign up, right? And then we saw in the free test responses, how people just uh, tell us like basically the exact struggle they've been having with their passwords. And this is for a password manager app. And people just started telling us, you know, like um, I'm worried about being hacked or I already got hacked. I forgot my password. I want to remember my password. And, and, and after reading hundreds and hundreds of these, you start to pat, pattern match. I, like it's just an area like in your head that a light bulb just turns on. It's literally like that feeling, right? You started to see patterns of like, these are the top three reasons uh, why people come to us instead of like the competitors who are already established, right? Um, and then uh, you also see the exact language you to describe. We used to say your password superpower, for example, on the uh, upper end, it's like our old screenshots. Um, and so like strings your account security. These are things that other people are saying too. I feel like, okay, maybe we can just copy what they're say, saying because they must make sense. But no, actually we've discovered very surprisingly, you know, many, many users describe their problem the same exact word. I want to remember my passwords, remember passwords, remember ring passwords. We are starting to see the pattern. And then also uh, people are afraid of getting locked out and people want to feel safe. They want to feel safe. It's not just about your solution, helps them save this and this, have this many features. It's about how you make them feel and how you can right. solve their problem. So the only thing we did was to change um, the description, the screenshots where people can, can read about if this is uh, solving my problem and make a download decision. And next page, I can show you the result. Actually, very surprising. I wasn't even sure what's but the, here it is. This is the app yeah. store, like app store connect is showing you the conversion rate. And we almost yeah. 1.5x uh, 1. our conversion rate just from this change. This is the, it's like almost like the download, shows right? the date. Yeah, that directly translates yeah. to downloads, that directly translates into your revenue. Wow. So 
uh, that's just amazing. Let's say we to we totally didn't, didn't expect this. You know, I love it too. And the we had a similar case study with a friend of mine for years ago, and so the strategy still works today. But he did the same exact thing, and he saw similar results just by using the same words that your audience is using. Then it makes the audience feel like, wow, this guy really understands me, right? Like they, and then it makes them feel good about your product because you're using the same exact words that your audience uses too. So I love this. This is great. Exactly. So like, uh, sure. I or, think. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, I think, I think that's it. Um, so like, I want to share a story. So basically we also have poured, uh, tens of thousands of dollars into like, um, into basically marketing for uh, like social media marketing. So what we did was like using um, like a, a tactic that works for many, uh, many like top grossing apps is that they are starting to use, and you might have seen this yourself, right? So you, you see a social video basically of like a person who's supposed to be a user of your app talking about why they love your app in their own language. And like the reason why people like all the top grossing apps started doing this is because it really converts really well. Like today's audience, 2022, like people can tell if you're just like a marketing person, just telling your version of the story, but they don't really care. Your brain gets instantly turned off by that. But like what really resonates with people is seeing other users who look like you, think like you, and talk like you, talk about why this product solves your specific problem. And that is like what really drives the conversion. And a lot of people are using these tactics uh, in like their marketing, um, uh, in like social channels, but the, the basic, the, the first thing you should do is look into your screenshots and look into if you are actually speaking to your audience, because that is the number one thing that everyone will see before they download your app. So I would highly, highly recommend you do that. No matter how you get the information, you talk to your users, you chase them down with emails. Uh, of course, it's easier if you have a tool like OneFlow that can help you with this. But the most important thing is understanding your users and what they want. You know, I love that too. And what I would add on to that, oops, show on screen. All right. What I would add on to that, Kai, is you know, when we when we try to do these screenshots designs, we know the importance of it. We look at app store reviews and I try to feel figure out like what are the common themes. And if you don't have app store reviews, I actually look at your competitors and I look at their least favorable, what are the most critical things? Because then if you know, you're trying to compare you know, to competitors, I'm gonna say, well, we don't do that, or we do do this better, right? And so that's my way, but with OneFlow, you can actually get more, because so, as all app developers know, it's really hard to get a stinking app store review. And so when you have a OneFlow thing pop up, people are already in the app, they're engaged within the app, and you're probably gonna get better responses than you might just waiting for those app store reviews to come in. And so if we were working with clients and they they had this type of data, we would love that data, but they don't, because most people don't, I have to rely on app store reviews for that data. Yeah. Oh, lastly, Steve, uh, I brought a gift to, to YouTube. Wanna show the last slide? Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Let's do that. All right. Let's go. Let's yeah. go next. Next. So yeah, um, yeah. This is a special gift. So basically, the first wow. thirty viewers to sign up will get thirty percent off for their first three months. And the wow. you can remember this code is Steve thirty. Literally, we want to have thirty uh, thirty spots for this. So like the first person to redeem will like just decrease the count. But you can you can visit oneflow.app to learn more. Um, either way, no matter you sign up or, or not, really enjoy sharing the story with you. And I really hope you find success in your app.
Hey, guys. Thank you for that. So once again, it is oneflow.app, oneflow.app, and use the promo code Steve30, Steve30, to get 30% off your first three months. Take take advantage of this offer. I think, you know, like I said, it's it's available on the web, and you can do it within the app too. So I'm going to be one of those 30 as well. The other thing I want to get into, Kai, because, you know, you built this seven-figure business that you said – when you started building it, when you talk to me about your launch process, because you said you were spending $500 a day. I mean, what did that launch process look like? Were you spending it right on the go, right on jump, right on launch? Or what was your, and I know you have a very systematic mathematical brain. So what was your sort of sequence? Hey, I get this right before spending $500 a day. Take me into the brain, the mind of Kai. All right, that's going to be a long conversation, but I'll keep it short. So <laughs> essentially, you should think about your business as building a funnel. Like you think about fundamentally, what are the steps that people take leading to the desired outcome, which is them being happy, subscribing, paying me money and retaining, right? That comes, it starts from like you being on the app store, having your screenshots ready, having your message ready, and having an app that has decent conversion, you know, when people sign up, they will be, there was very low friction and they can understand what you're doing. So you're just building that funnel. And once you build a base, right, and then it comes with all kinds of experiments. And starting from the beginning, what we did um, was, again, I don't think it was perfect. Uh, but what we did was like, first, we, we want to get to the baseline level by looking at our competitors, what they are doing. And then we, we, we track everything. Basically, we used a tool like I'm using a tool called Mixpanel, which allows me to see like charts of like how people are converting from one step to the next. And then I get a baseline based on like basically a how like similar apps perform. I know this is a baseline that's good to launch. This is a baseline I can start doing marketing with. And for the 500 per channel is also kind of like you can do probably 50 per channel if uh, in the beginning, right? But then once you start seeing conversion rate is good, that's when you start to make a decision to scale up your, your, your spending. At the same time, it doesn't have to be perfect. At the same time, you can keep iterating your product. So it's, it's this process of iterating your product to increase your conversion rate, iterate your marketing, so you find a channel that really works for you and the right audience that drives into your app, right? For example, the, um, the example with the, the scanner app we did where we asked people about pricing. It turned out a lot of people were students and while students really needed the app, they not necessarily wanted to pay us, but that could be your marketing play. But these people, you just got to understand that if you're targeting some students, maybe not everyone will want to pay you. Um, so that, that's the trade-off here, but that's how overall I would think about it. I love that. Did you think about how much you were willing to invest in the very beginning? So I know you have a portfolio of apps, but when you first launched that first app, you're like, hey, I'm willing to invest, want that, get some data, and then tweak that data. Did you have a budget in mind? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on everyone's situation. For me, it because uh, my first app was a, uh, was a success. So I'm like having more and more cash to funnel into my subsequent app launches. But I, I would say in general, if you have enough budget, I, I think the, the minimum budget you would need, actually it does, it, it's not much, right? You probably need uh, to drive maybe 
uh, I always strive to drive at least like 100 downloads per day. That's where you starting to see the pattern. You don't have to wait, you know, a month before you see some data that you can uh, iterate with. The thing is, you, you got to understand, uh, like speed is everything. You don't want to wait months before changing a tiny little thing that's, uh, in retrospect, is obvious. You want to do that right away so you can grow and take your learning from there. Um, that's also like more information about your users, more understanding. That's why it helps you because learning compounds. Your learning in the early days will always in inform your later decisions. So in the early days of running an app, I would say the most important thing is learn, learn, learn. Go out there and do pattern matching. Understand your audience. Even if it's a competitive market, it doesn't matter. There are always people who are underserved, right? Find your audience. That's how you can grow. Kai, if you had to point to one thing, you said your first app was very successful. What made you, what do you think made your first app successful? Yeah, so I would think that is like basically my business model. I, I think I found a opening in the market. So basically my first app was kind of in a productivity category and that's kind of competitive. But um, what I noticed was like, there were so many competitors, large and small, and they're all doing the same thing and they're all uh, trying to sell people the same subscriptions to the same service by uh, using the same language. Think about it, like why would people want to use another new app uh, versus an app that's already established, right? So I, I figured two things. One is a lot of people want the free usage because they don't trust that uh, the app is like um, really has a high, uh, high quality service yet. Right, so people want the free usage, but people also want to look at your app store ratings and reviews. And they prefer to trust an app with like good reviews from 50K, 100K reviews already, right? Rather than an app with like five reviews. So how do you quickly get to there? Um, and that's what we did. We did a series of hacks and actually was in that pop-up similar to later uh, what we did for OneFlow, right? We, we, we were able to direct a lot of people who were happy about the app as soon as they were happy, direct them to leave happy reviews. And that's like a review trick that basically helped us with like ASO with being ranked higher and higher on the app store. And we just climbed the, the ladder, like it, it's hard work, several months of hard work. But the other thing is also a lot of free usage. So more and more people can leave reviews and tell their friends about it. And that's how we got to a, a stable subscriber base and getting more and more people just spread the word through word of mouth. That's how we did it. Were you still spending money on marketing, especially during the, the first launch? Because uh, you know, as we launch new apps these days, it's hard to just get rely complete on ASO. So were you driving any marketing channels during that first launch? Yeah. Uh, so like it, today we're still spending, of course, um, and we are mainly spending uh, across channels. So like I over time, I found that for, for specifically productivity apps and business apps, what we found is... Uh, the social channels where um, they didn't really work that well for us, but really is like it comes on the channels with strong purchase intent. So basically, you think about it. Uh, there are people with demand. They have this urgent problem problem they want to solve right now. What do they do? They go search for your app, right? They go search on Google. They go search on in the Apple App Store or like Google Play Store. That's how they find your app. These are the people who have urgent important problem. They're willing to just download your app start a free trial and solve their problem, right? There are also people uh, like scrolling their Instagram. They saw this ad, oh, what is this? Let me take a look. They click it, maybe they'll just close it, right? So that's the difference.
for us, we found great success in finding people, you know, who already have the problem, who are looking for a solution. That's like basically the first channels that we always rely on. Uh, so we spend more and more money on like, for example, uh, Apple search ads. Uh, that's a, just a big, uh, big channel for us. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing that, man. As you probably already know, Joe agrees. Joe says, Kai is a wealth of knowledge, really informative. So the I got some questions from the audience for you. And I want to thank you guys for the audience. Thank you. You find words. I am going to be now telling my wife about all these things. So I really, 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 really do appreciate it. And I think the the thing that Adrian said really hits home with me at master at masters makes it feel exciting to be in the app business and makes us feel like we're not alone. And that's, you know, like for me, when I first started this whole journey back in 2013, it was just that trying to learn with you guys. And I still deploy this strategy to today. So thank you for all the kind words. All right. Yusuf asks, Kai, what's a good conversion rate? Saying for, and I'm going to assume yeah. conversion rate when he's saying is like subscription trial, com trial conversion from download. That's what I'm going to assume. Yeah. So I would say in my experience, just like Roth ballpark is different from every, uh, for every app. So I have to preface this by saying, um, if you are, you know, uh, if your traffic comes from um, just organically, anyone who, um, if you just launch your app is all organic, you might have low conversion rate because you're just not attracting enough of your target audience. So people might discover your app um, spontaneously. Uh, but when, once you have a steady stream of users, uh, at least uh, like maybe like 10, 20, 30 users who are like relevant, right? Uh, what do you want to aim for? The baseline I would think for is like 5% with enough effort, mm -hmm. you can get it to 10 or 12%, right? And, and then it, sometimes like it also depends on country mix. So if you most of your users come from the US or UK uh, or like a tier one country, obviously that number is supposed to be higher because people just have more credit card access. If you're just like targeting, you know, some countries like uh, developing countries, then maybe that number will be lower. But a uh, good number, rule of thumb is launch when you have 5% get it to 10% or above with your efforts, right? With your user understanding, try and, try and learn, learn. If it's like 2%, that's too low. There's probably something you can improve on either the design or the value proposition or your target audience. I love it. Yeah, another client said the same thing that when he, he's got a portfolio of apps too, and he said, look, if I can hit five to 10% conversion rate, that's when the ASO kicks in. That's when a lot of things kicks in for them. So that's a, that's a chat. That's the, I'm glad you backed out with the, the same type of knowledge. All right, Yusuf has best things to track in Mixpanel when you launch your app. Yeah, uh, short answer is track everything, right? <laughs> so for us, track everything. Literally, we track hundreds of things, like everything you can think of, right? So uh, the trick is like, it doesn't like, I think Mixpanel charge you by monthly tracked users so they don't track uh, they don't charge you by events right so like in the long run for one flow our vision is we allow you to do everything in one flow so you don't have to use as expensive tool such as mix panel but uh the things you track would be like things you care about every action that user take because you want to do pattern match you want to understand what people are doing but the most important thing for example opening your welcome screen you track that Oh, see welcome screen, right? And then click the next button, next button, next button. And then see paywall, right? You want to track that when people see paywall. 
when people click on the start trial button, you want to lock the button click. You want to see, because that's like the initiation action. People might click it and then cancel, right? And then you, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. see out of the people who click that button, how many actually convert, how many close that. So you want to track all these important things, open, click, close, um, like in-app purchase, the people who actually started in-app purchase, right? So, and you, you also want to see usage, for example, uh, using a key feature, completing a, your core loop, for example, for a scanner app, it might be starting a scan, editing a scan, and then saving a scan, right? So, and, and sharing your app with friends, all of these things, you want to track. These are the key action that you care about the most. And so you can use that to build your funnel chart to look at the, uh, the drop-offs and see where are people dropping off. And you might consider launching a, a in-app survey to see, uh, ask people, hey, why do you drop off or what were you looking for that we're not delivering? And you can e- instantly improve your app based on those insights. Love it. Okay. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.